Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Society 13 Podcast Network Redefining Podcasts Society-13.com I like to listen You want to see something really scary? You bet Music Horror Art Politics And overall badassery Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio For real Society 13 Networks. And now your hosts, David Fairhead. and fiends we got a repeat performer here our friend hugh bonar is back from the band nature late 90s and uh what can i say he is just a musical genius and uh you just probably felt a little icky with that last christmas bit we just played there it's an unreleased song by nature and uh you're meant to feel a little bit icky <laughs> hugh how you doing i'm good man what's up yeah what's up what's up with you what's up with hb3 I just want to say, I, I said this to you, I disavow those lyrics, dude. I, I disavow the baby's first Christmas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to myself. <laughs> I was you disturbed. Know, we, we never really knew for the longest time what the lyrical content was in, in the Nature Band. He sort of like hid what those songs were about. We played for <laughs> a year, we got a record contract, we recorded the album. And then the last thing to do was the vocals. Right. And he did those by himself in <laughs> secret. Not at the main studio where we recorded everything else, but in our rehearsal studio. <laughs> well, you, you may, folks, you may hear that on our Christmas show in its entirety. I am a big fan of the, the Poseidon Adventure, which is an unreleased track that Hugh uh, gave me uh, from the band. Um, yeah. who, whose decision was that to uh, nix that from the, uh, the album? remember who made that decision but the basic idea was that it was so good we wanted to save it and re-record it mm -hmm. for the second album damn and then uh whoops 
Yeah, a lot of whoops, uh, a lot of things happen, a lot of things change. Problem. You should never hold anything back. The original conception of the album, yeah, was two songs longer, mm-hmm. and there were little bits and pieces here and there that we cut out. There was actually a little extended jam section at the end of the first song, uh, You Only Live Twice. Right. We cut, we cut that out. We cut out some stuff at the end of uh, the last song and added that remix so things got altered just because i don't know we didn't really have computer-based right editing the way that we do now i mean it existed but we didn't know how to use it yeah the whole pro tools and uh yeah trent reznor yeah, thing yeah it was all done old school two-inch tape you know uh, and the sound is good but we couldn't really get in there and correct things the way that you can today. So if we were to do it today, if we, or if we had access to those, I mean, I have dreams occasionally of like putting out the album as originally conceived with the extra songs and all the little parts back in corrected. Is that like a possibility? Is that something you can do? Well, Legally? somebody owns the master tapes and I don't even know where they are. That would ah. be the kind of thing that would require like lawyers and money to even investigate. But maybe, you know, I mean, the feeling that I get maybe now that there's like this 90s thing happening is that mm-hmm. there's a market for it. You know, I think I said before that uh, if the album had been commercially available all these years, it would have found its audience. Absolutely. Uh, but it's sort of in this like legal limbo. Yeah, guys, I mean, if you're you're into your your Mr. Bungles, your experimental um I don't even. I, I can't call you a metal band. You are a rock band right. that just took chances. Uh, nature, right, yeah, check we, them out on Facebook. Uh, Mr. Bungle. I love Mr. Bungle. I still do. Uh, yeah. Finally got to catch them a couple of years ago, and fantastic. But yeah, around oh, the faith, yeah. no, faith no more stages of rock. You know where things were yeah. like changing. You guys, you guys did it, and I loved it. Yeah. It's a great album. It's fun. Check out Nature. You could check out. Um, I think there's only is there only one video um, from the album. I guess there is, yeah. The yeah, cometh, cometh yeah, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I love that. A great opener for the album, too. I, I, it's a great album. Um, and we've had you on before. You were on one of our other shows, too, Prog Watch, Prog Squatch. Um, I hope you had fun on that. Oh, yeah. Now, what's going on with HP3? Well, new band finally has come together rather miraculously. We'll talk to to Brendan about it from his perspective when he shows up, but uh, <laughs> I just sort of drummer. been living in a hole, like recording all this music for the last 10 years. I had a kind of crazy uh, creative phase, I don't know, man, I just <laughs> kept on like doing album after album, uh, do one, finish it, and move on to the next one, or it just, it just kept coming and coming, so I think I did like 10 albums in 10 years. Jeez. Uh, yeah crazy if you go to itunes and just like search on hb3 you'll be flooded with songs and albums yes uh, yes and i just kept going i just kept going just kept going just kept going uh and wasn't really communicating with my old bandmates uh had a band a few years ago that you know it was good but sort of bad timing with that band we put it together right when uh, the economic apocalypse hit the country So it kind of fell apart. I had a drummer who was over from uh, Vienna, Austria, trying to make it big in Los Angeles. And uh, he went back to Austria. Oh, jeez. 
<laughs> Maybe Steve went back. Wow. Everybody went back. You know what I mean? Everybody went home. Uh, it's time to go to 2008, 2009. Got to go to Norway and start a death metal band. <laughs> right. So, I actually heard from him a few years ago. He got a, or a, no, it wasn't even. It was like a year ago. He uh, he's like he's he's teaching at a music school in Vienna, Austria. You know, he was like texting me while he was riding the train to his teaching gig, and I was like, "Dude, you're living the craftwork dream right now." <laughs> just like sailing through the Austrian countryside in a in a perfect, you know, subway train, going to a beautiful campus, you know, it's like, yeah, man, you're, you know, Austria, Vienna, small town, right, LA, big town. Exactly. Uh, and you said craft work. I have to, I, I want to see your, I want your take on this. I, um, I, I recently got back into Gary Newman, one of my first uh, vinyl loves. I had uh, the pleasure principle on vinyl. Uh, oh, have yeah. you heard the new Gary Newman? No. My name is Ruin, and his his daughter does the back vocals. Um, yeah. Check it out; it's it's really cool. I think you'll like it. It's something you'll like definitely. Yeah, actually, I remember hearing some newer stuff from him recently. I don't know if it was from that, but I thought it sounded really cool. And yeah, and yeah, I guess it's kind of the same deal. He's kept making music. Yes, yes, and he... putting stuff out, and that's good i mean that's that's what we want to see it's amazing yeah. so what keeps you going i don't know <laughs> uh, uh, i don't know where's it I coming from I, I mean you you keep dishing out music it's like whoa where is all this coming from you just can't stop yeah i don't know like this crazy explosion this this inner this inner impetus I don't know that I've had it for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's like now people ask, you know, I creative people, you know, they ask creative people, like, well, where does this come from? Um, yeah. it, it, I don't know is the most common answer. <laughs> yeah. It's just you something know, you I, have I, to get, do. There was an interview I saw with uh, David Lynch. Oh on like some late night comedy show and they asked him that question you know like where do your ideas come from and he's just like I don't know ideas are strange like one minute they're not there and then they are there yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's that's about right <laughs> the idea is there and I have no idea like where it comes from it's not even you you know <laughs> alright well Hugh Bonar on Kettle Whistle Radio here we're gonna have to play a tune Give you guys a taste in case you missed the last time he was on. Uh, Hugh, what song do you want them to hear? Oh, my God. I don't know. What I know, right? I mean, There's yeah. so much. But this first, folks. But this first, folks. Brendan Edder, Brendan drummer of the band Nature. Well, speaking about bass players, I'd have to say Hugh was the bass player in Nature. But since then, he's clearly transformed into um, a multi-instrumentalist producer, arranger, composer, all that. And it's not really a bass that he's playing that sounds incredible on the HB3 stuff. It's a, a piccolo bass, I guess. doesn't sound like a bass to me. It uh, sounds like a crazy sitar guitar, and you know, with all the effects on it. Uh, it's like nothing I'd ever heard before, and it has quite a enthralling... Um, kind of mesmerizing physical effect on the body uh, the resonance 
of the tones and um, it's very uh, very therapeutic in my opinion It's early morning, the sun comes out Last night was shaking, it was pretty loud My cat is purring, he scratches my skin So what is wrong with another sin? Here I am, rock you like a hurricane Here I am So give her inches and feed her well She's licking his lips, she's ready to win On the hunt tonight for loving for sin Here I am, rock you like a hurricane Here I am, rock you like a hurricane So when I discovered HB3 while reading the comments on nature videos on YouTube or the nature uploads, uh, the first track I heard, I think it was Machines of the Sky off the Ragnarok CD, um, 
and I was just completely blown away. It doesn't sound like bass. Um, sounds like some crazy sitar, electric guitar, uh, just really psychedelic sounding instrument. And um, he's not just playing bass or the piccolo bass. He's writing awesome synthesizer tracks and programming incredible drum beats um, and singing and rapping. I, I was baffled. I was blown away. You know, he was the quiet guy in nature, although I know he was a writer and um, he had a lot to say, but he was more soft-spoken back then. And to stumble on this incredible body of work was is, uh, kind of breathtaking. And it's been a lot of fun learning the material and, and getting back together and playing with you. And um, I just think people need to listen to the variety of, of music he's produced um, from the Poseidon Fantasia for piccolo bass. That's just all piccolo bass. No vocals, no other instruments. It's it's pure audio fantasy. It's wonderful. Um, Ragnarok's all instrumental. Piccolo bass. I guess he uses an alembic bass and programmed drums and synth. And the Veld and Luminosity. There's just all excellent CDs that everybody should listen to. And I'm still trying to learn as much material as I can so we can uh, play two-hour show for everybody one of these days. And I'm looking forward to it. Folks, friends, and fiends, thank you for tuning in. And that was HB3. Uh, we got Hugh Bonar back on the... <laughs> you know what? I got to say something right now, Hugh. Um, people always ask, they're, they're like, uh, Hugh Bonar, that's hilarious. Uh, and I totally, I, I overlooked the obvious. I never asked you, uh, where does, <laughs> okay, that's not your real name. <laughs> it is my real name. Okay. <laughs> it is, god damn it. <laughs> all right. I'm the third, I'm actually the third one. That's fantastic. I had to ask, I had to ask, because people ask me all the time. And we're joined now by yeah. Brendan, uh, Brendan Edders, who is the drum, the drums of nature back in the day. Brendan, you're there? Yes, you are. What are you up to, man? Oh, well, just uh, reunited with uh, Hugh Bonner, a bass player from Nature here after 22 years. It's pretty awesome. I stumbled into his music on YouTube and was just completely blown away and figured out how to reach out. Absolutely. That's cool. So, so you guys are... not heard any of my music, and then he finds, like, you know, 10 albums worth of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I catch up? Pretty, pretty overwhelming. Yeah, catching up is I, I, so far. Uh, you know, I think I've learned eleven or twelve songs. <laughs> oh wow, nice! I was going to say, so you're jamming. That's awesome. So you guys are jamming together. Yeah. All right. We so two piece now. So we're doing <laughs> a nature style. We're playing with the sequence, but it's a duo. It's a hipster duo, and we've got <laughs> all this music to choose from. So we put together a set. I think, yeah, we got like 10 songs in the set. You know, picking and choosing songs from 8 or 10 hours worth of music, uh, we could easily put together a 90-minute set. I think what we've got right now is 60 minutes. 
and uh, it's the good stuff, right? So nice. You can pick and choose and put something together. It's like, yeah, we we have a set that actually it works really well. Uh, it's kind of shocking and mind blowing. It feels incredibly good. That's awesome. Um, yeah, Brendan's gonna have to talk up a little bit louder because he's a little low. But I gotta ask him: um, Does he think about those nature days and? Uh, like, is it something you want to revisit, or are you just completely done with it? Uh, well, I guess we're revisiting it in a way as, as you, know, you and I are the, the founding members of nature. Actually. Nice. Um, as far as revisiting that music, not particularly. Those, the other two members are not really, um, you know, we haven't been in touch with them. And right. That's awesome. Old friends are the best friends from the way I look at it, and uh, I'm glad to hear you guys are back together. Um, would you actually pull out a nature song during a set? <laughs> uh, maybe one that didn't make it on the album. There we go. That's all right. We're going to play one. We're going to play one later. Yeah, the Poseidon Adventure. I'd love to hear that. That would be the only one I'd be interested in playing. There you go. <laughs> Not the Christmas song. <laughs> oh God! Well, maybe instrumental version. If, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, like, have you guys done a gig together yet? Like, at a, a club or? Yeah, we did a couple shows. We've done two. We've got one coming up on December 29th at the Five Star Bar in Los Angeles, and another one at the Five Star Bar at the beginning of February. We're booking gigs in L.A., and we want to get out of town, out of the state. Yeah, I hear you. Out of the California apocalypse. Yeah. I didn't want to bring it up, but how are you guys faring, family and friends? Everybody doing okay with those fires? Yeah, Brendan, you got anything on that? Uh, not particularly. You, you actually drove right through it the other day, right? Yeah. I, I have to drive on the 405 for work. Fortunately, mm. I only work a couple days a week, but... Wednesday morning, I was right there. I hadn't checked the traffic before I left, so I was there at like 6 o'clock in the morning, Jeez. driving on the 405, and there were like flames oh my God. on the hillside, and smoke wafting across the land. It's insane. It's insane. But... It was wild, man. Yeah, I mean, I guess the really bad stuff had happened a few hours earlier, so it wasn't like the photos that you saw where like the hillside is just totally engulfed in fire. Yeah. It was like like right after that they, they put out most of it you go up a hill and then you come back down and when i got back down you could see that the entire hillside was like burned there was nothing left insane very scary so, stuff yeah but it's you know it's a metaphor right it's, it's a metaphor uh, <laughs> what's happened to this town what's happened to los angeles bro it's like <laughs> It's, I, it's definitely leveled up, I think, uh, to, to the next stage of, of craziness. Uh, I would so agree. We want to go play in Pittsburgh, you know. We want. Hey, man. Like, yeah, come out. Know, <laughs> the rest of America. Hey, we just got a little bit of snowflakes out here, man. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's very we Christmassy. Had, like, a crazy winter last year where it actually rained and you know got rid of the drought, but it's bone dry so far. <laughs> uh, this season, so yeah, I could go. I could go for some snow. 
Yeah, man, come on out. It's a, it's actually mild with snow. It's nice. <laughs> okay, <laughs> meteorology aside, uh, let's play another HB3 song. Um, it's up to you, Hugh. How about uh, Nightwind? Night. Oh, good one, good one. All right, Nightwind, coming up, folks. Little HP3, we'll get back with uh, Brendan and Hugh.
when I first discovered the HB3 material, and I think it was Ragnarok and uh, Poseidon Fantasia for piccolo bass, and of course that caught my eye because Nature had a tune called Poseidon that actually Andrew and I had came up with most of the music and arrangement of it. It didn't make it on the Nature album, but it was pretty uh, cool to see that Hugh used that name on a record. And I started listening to it and sounded incredible, like no bass I'd ever heard before. I wasn't familiar with piccolo bass. And um, it had a hauntingly familiar quality to it that felt like I'd been there before. And not because I used to play in a band with him, but just some really awesome tonal uh, resonant frequencies kind of symbiosis going on um, with the listener and um, got me hooked. And now I'm, I'm pretty happy to be learning, you know, as much of this material as I can to perform it. Went from being, a, I think, HB3's biggest fan to now the drummer in the new HB3 band. I'm psyched. I've got Hugh Bonar. Is it Bonar or Boner? You know, my dad always said Bonner. Bonner. There's a town in Scotland called Bonner Bridge. Keep it classy. Okay, okay. Bonner Bridge, man. And, and Brendan Headers from the band Nature from the late 90s and uh, just got ripped off by Napster and all the other bullshit that happened. And I, I don't even yeah, want to get into the 90s, it. Uh, you know, there was a brief moment there where there was a lot of interesting stuff happen, happening and mm -hmm. it kind of all ran aground, you know. Yes. Yes, uh, it did. Yes. Mid 90s, yeah, a bunch of bands in Hollywood, uh, some ambition. Uh, and then, yeah, the late 90s, early 2000s, everything just completely collapsed. Yes. And uh, just to add that, add to that, um, I, one of our, our acts here, uh, you know, the, a pop band called Nine Days. They do. It's a story about a girl. You know that song? We, we all know that uh, song. Yeah. Well, Nine Days was on here and they were breaking and that was like a number one hit. And then Napster came out. They made no money on that at all. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's just yeah, like what what good stuff came out of the aughts. I mean, I, I'm sure there was some stuff, but I, I hear a lot of people talking about the 2000s as kind of like a lost decade. Yeah, yeah. What are we in for now? What are you guys listening to? Oh God. <laughs> We're searching. I'm searching constantly. I'm buying stuff, hoping that it will be good. And it's kind of, you know, some stuff is good, some stuff is not so good. Nothing nothing ultimately scratches the itch. True. You know, I was looking to, I was listening to, you know, some of the newer metal stuff. I was listening to Mastodon and Baroness. And They're fun. Some of the, like, you know, the, the prog-leaning stuff. Um, uh, I have a Pittsburgh band for you, and they're they're breaking uh, ground here. Uh, Code Orange. Every, yeah. every song is very different. Uh, I hate when they compare them to Nine Inch Nails. They're not like that at all. It's a female yeah. singer. Um, they're metal. They're metal. Every song is very different. And that's the only thing I can say in the past year that is interesting. Uh, now, you guys are out in L.A. There's got to be something out there. Yeah. <laughs> no? <laughs> Why do I draw a blank? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> 
good bands recently. But I don't know that anything's got a huge buzz, you know? Right. We're playing with Chris Poland's band. In nice, February. yes. I like his band. That's a band called Ohm. He's a, jazz, awesome. he's a jazz musician. Yeah, he's brilliant. It's pretty fusion-y. It's, it's, it's progressive, too. He, um, it's like rock Alan Holdsworth. It's like Alan Holdsworth around like the Metal Fatigue album. Right. And for you, uh, for you amateurs out there, Chris Poland was in the original setup for Megadeth back in the day, and yeah, Poland had a band too. He had his own band. I guess he's just still playing. So how did that come about? Uh, which? Yeah, Chris Poland. Oh, he's he rehearses at our studio. Oh, there it is. Okay. Downtown rehearsal. Brandon was at downtown rehearsal all these years, and I didn't even know it. That's where Nature used to rehearse. Mm. It's in Boyle Heights, kind of by Skid Row, in an area that's now being gentrified. There were two of these old buildings uh, that are sort of in a state of disrepair. Uh, and all these bands work in these rooms, like a converted hotel. <laughs> like five stories or something. Uh, and they all have a lot of history, let me tell you. Uh, so they bought one of them, and they were going to, like, turn it into a modern, like, loft restaurant. You know, they're gentrifying the area. It's very right. commercial. So there's just one left. So all the musicians in Los Angeles are now congregated in this one rehearsal building. There's some others around town, but it's, it's probably 200 units in this building in, in downtown L.A. So what are crowds? There's, there's a lot. What what what, are, what is it like like for like crowds these days? When are, are there kids there? Are they just all adults? I mean, it's hard to get people to venues these days. Yeah, it depends. Sometimes, uh, I, sometimes I get the feeling people want to go outside and want to go back to clubs and listen to live music. So we definitely want to ride that trend and encourage that trend. Uh, it, it depends, you know, what day it is, how I feel about it. Sometimes it feels like you never want to go out in public in Los Angeles ever again. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, it's like, well, no, there are great musicians here and there are great bands here and, and we should go out and and watch them and support them. And, you know, uh, yeah. you know I, guess, I guess I'm hopeful that there is going to be a resurgence in the live music scene. And sometimes I do see signs of that, and sometimes I do feel encouraged. And uh, we want to bring something to the public. You know? uh, nice. We can do something good, so we're going to try and bring it. Yeah, we have a resurgence here in the form of coffee shops. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, people love to go to coffee shops. Now, yeah, non-alcoholic places, um, right. and they, we get these punk rock bands. We get Actually, guys our age, and I am your age, um, wow. Just belting it out, man. Um, and they do coffee shops. It's it's BYOB. It's it's a strange experience. Um, not like yeah. I grew up with, you know, drinking underage in clubs. <laughs> but um, right. yeah, I don't know if you have the coffee shop experience with punk and metal out there. I do you? Well, we got coffee shops. I don't know if we got live bands at coffee shops. It's crazy. Uh, it's, it's more like poetry and acoustic stuff. Ah. Uh, I think we got like singer songwriters. Uh, that'll be interesting getting some, some loud heavy music <laughs> it's, it's weird <laughs> it's a weird experience yeah come out to Pittsburgh man we got a few places we could get you in <laughs> definitely definitely yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah for sure I mean we want to 
get out to the rest of the country because we don't want to be limited to whatever is going on or not going on in Los Angeles. If, if Los Angeles is just too crazy and chaotic, then we want to bring it out to the rest of the world. Right. Because uh, we do feel like it's strong. It feels really strong. It feels really good. Uh, so we don't necessarily want to be at the mercy of a single city. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yes, indeed. Uh, well, we got... Uh, I'm telling you, this could be your new place. Um question though uh going back to the 80s like what made you guys like were you guys metallica heads were you uh punk rock guys like what made you nature is such a a unique album um i don't know where it's coming from outside but it caught me so like where were you guys with that were you like all listening to different shit I was gonna. I was gonna joke and say Kansas. <laughs> yeah, right. So like the symphonic rock, progressive, you know, concept album and stuff like that. Uh, so that sort of bridged me from classical classical music to rock music. And so tenth grade, that was the year that I that I really had the revelation of listening to guys like John and Whistle. You know, they they basically assigned me bass guitar. You know, we formed this <laughs> band in high school. And I was like, okay you're going to play guitar and you're going to play drums and you're going to sing and I was the one left and it's like you, you're playing bass. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, uh, what's that again? <laughs> you know what? There, There is a bass player community I have come to find. Um, all my best friends, <laughs> including girls, are uh, bass players. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's that about? <laughs> yeah, well, the, I don't know. The sensuality of the instrument maybe. Uh, yeah. The, the, the spirituality of it. There's something profound about bass guitar that is different from all other instruments. Yes, yes. And uh, I don't know, yeah. Well, <laughs> I've gotten a profound um, kind of way that you And I, I still stand behind. 
I, I will always stand behind this, um, and I, I say this because my best friend was a drummer. Um, don't fuck with a drummer. <laughs> drummers are drummers are the crazy one of the bunch. Yes, they beat yeah. things for a living. Yes. Yeah. Yes. My friend is pretty mellow. <laughs> he sounds He's mellow, but that's because he gets it out. That's why. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's interesting. My mom used to tell me when I was a kid that uh, if I was angry or frustrated about something, take it out on your drums. <laughs> Very cool. I've got a set in my basement. Trust me, I understand. <laughs> Yes, major therapy. All right, so when you guys like get in your car and you put music on, what are you listening to? Like, what is the CD that goes in? Is there a CD still? Oh, yeah. Hmm. I'm listening to. I'm listening to. <laughs> oh, you know what I listened to recently that I'm really enjoying is that. Uh... Okay, I went through all the Yes catalog. Oh, wow. Like the classic Yes albums. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what's it called? Uh, the, what's that double album? You got me on that one. Something about topograph- topographic yeah. ocean. Yeah, it seems from topographic oceans or something with topographic oceans in it. And I also got the one Chris Squire solo album that's called uh, Fish Out of Water. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing album. So actually, that was something I recently discovered that I had never really heard before that I'm really enjoying. Uh those Yes albums were all recently uh, re-released mm-hmm. in uh, Surround Sound. Uh, what's his name? Was it uh, not Steve Wilson? Or was it wasn't Steve Wilson. The guy who does all the Surround Sound mixes um, uh, did an amazing job. And I had never gotten into those. So what is it? Uh, Close to the Edge. Uh, the Topographic Oceans album. Uh, Fragile. And uh, another one called Revolver, I think. Not Revolver. Yeah, it's Beatles. Something with an R. <laughs> yeah, that's not Revolver. <laughs> Relayer. Yeah, yeah. I like Tormato. That's a good album. Yeah, I, see, I had that album when I was a teenager, and I could never listen to it. And it had sort of like a famously ugly cover. Yeah. <laughs> that was done by the guy that did uh, the Pink Floyd album covers, but he really blew it on this Yes album, I guess. How, how do you feel about this resurgence of vinyl? You know, I, I guess I'm kind of riding that wave. I got a turntable and I rebought my old vinyl collection that somehow got lost. <laughs> so I've been buying a bunch of stuff, but I don't like the fact that they're charging like 30 bucks. That's crazy. You know, it's become this, this I don't know, yeah, it's... Well, yeah, it's not it's not fun in the same way. It's like it used to be you'd go to a garage sale and you'd find something and it was like, you know, a quarter. Yes. And you'd take it home and listen to it and it was awesome. Now it's, it's, it's much more controlled. You know, now you're searching on the Internet and you're buying something you know what you're going to get and you're paying like 25 or 30 bucks for it. And, and that part kind of sucks. Yes, you're not kidding. Um, unless but you're... I think there is something. I've, I've drunk the Kool-Aid in terms of, yeah, I, I think there is a difference in sound quality. Uh, there's something more immediate about it. There's mm-hmm. something more real about it. Uh, I think I think our perceptions of music did change with the compact disc. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I was listening to some Jacko stories on, on vinyl the other day, and it, 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 it moves through your body in such a different way. You feel it. It's, it's, I agree. The analog thing is that, and I also have a, a digital 
Yeah, it's more intimate, and it just it it just sounds better. Hence the term groovy. Um, I will say this though, uh, Dave Mustaine did the coolest thing uh, when I bought the last Megadeth last year. You can send the uh, a sticker in that he puts inside the, the the CD, and you get a vinyl free vinyl copy of the album. That is the way to go. I mean, he could afford it, I guess. But um, fantastic. When I have bands on, you by the way, you guys are episode one hundred and eighty. Um, and we're getting amazing listenership lately. I have been getting more vinyl from bands than MP3s. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I've been long been thinking about putting some stuff out on vinyl. The problem is is that it's still pretty damn expensive. Uh, you yeah. have to have a minimum amount, and you know it's hard to justify unless you're sure you're going to move those copies. Right. And they also take up a lot of space, so I've known bands that have spent thousands of dollars on vinyl or something, and they sort of sit in their basement. That's just it. Do you guys end up paying for that? Because I know, like, as an author, yeah, like, I, we, I, my, my publisher prints as the orders come, so I don't get stuck with right. a bunch of books. But I know right. with bands, you guys can get stuck with a shitload of stuff that doesn't you don't unload. Yeah, that's called print-on-demand, Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's you know you want technologies like that as much as possible. You can't really do that with vinyl. Yeah. As far as I know, maybe maybe that has changed. It does need to change, but no. I mean, you're talking about you know, like you gotta buy, you know, a hundred copies or something. It's probably your minimum order, and you gotta get sleeves made and all that stuff. So yeah, it's kind of expensive to manufacture. Yeah, I for guess a so. Niche market, you know. You and again, you want to make sure that. Not just going to be sitting here. That's why people release their stuff on the internet. Yeah. But there's a problem with that because you just get lost in the in the swamp. You know. Yes. There's just so much of that stuff out there. You want to stand out and you want to provide an audiophile product. Yada yada yada. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm very concerned with that. You know, I want my music to sound good. Right. And I think the way that you consume the music affects your perception of it. So I do want to put music out like that, and I probably will eventually. Still have not, but may have noticed or maybe i don't know but when i when i recorded the last few albums i was definitely thinking in terms of the vinyl listening experience mm. cds look like vinyls i'm thinking in terms of okay these four songs are going to be side one the next four songs are going to be side two uh, so they're kind of ready to go in terms of vinyl production they're on cd right now and they're on itunes right now but at least the last two or three albums were composed as vinyl albums uh, that's the other thing is that I think the length of a vinyl album is probably better, uh, and that they're a little bit shorter. I think you know the like mm -hmm. thirty-five to forty-five album is probably ideal. Once you get up over an hour or whatever, I mean, you get these people put out these really long albums. Right. It's kind of hard to listen attentively all the way through. Another thing is that you've got side A and you've got side B, and they're both sort of distinct. There used to be like a unique identity to each side of an album, right? Yes. So you listen to side one, and side one would be its own thing, and it would be sort of its, you know, even if it was different songs, it would be a kind of composition that would take you through it, then there'd be a pause, flip the album, and now side B and side B's, you know, those would have sometimes different characteristics. They could be darker, they could be stranger, they could be more experimental, yep. right? Uh, but still composed, right, as this, as this complete thing. And, uh, you know, that, that's good. Uh, you know, so the whole thing would be like 40 minutes, 20 minutes per side. Each side is sort of unique and has its own identity. Uh, we've lost all of that. Yes. Right? 
the intimacy. That's what I was talking about. It it's storytelling, you know, and and it is for someone like you that doesn't stop producing these things. And I'm a writer. I know what it's like. I mean, you can't skip a chapter. You know, if you skip right. a chapter, you lose the substance. And that's like right. you know, without flipping an album, I miss that stuff. I miss that. I miss yeah. flipping a cassette. You know, even yeah, CDs yeah. these days. You know, it's all. Yeah. Just kind of gone. Yeah. I love going to a uh, you know a half-ass store and finding CDs for a buck. You know, I just found the Ramones recently right. in a CD. I had to save it from there. That shouldn't be sitting there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it just shouldn't be sitting there. Um, yeah, or- there was a famous record store in Pasadena called uh, Pooh Bah Records. It's still here, but it moved. But my dad used to go there every week. And it was where all the crazy hippies and the weirdos and the punk <laughs> rock guys would all hang out. It looked like someone's house, and it was kind of in a residential neighborhood. And uh, hmm. every week he would go there, and he would bring back all this crazy shit. <laughs> you know, it'd be like test pressings and weird bands from weird labels. You could never predict what you were going to find, but it would often be extremely interesting. So he would bring me these records, like, oh, here's this, here's this, what is that? You know? <laughs> uh, right? And, and you just, you don't get that same kind of thing no. that... Uh, those curious discoveries like that. No, and these kids are just staring at their phone, so it just doesn't matter right, anymore. But, you know, just like I was saying with, you know, people do want to get back in public and see live music. I think there's also a return to physical media. Mm. Right? People are becoming aware that, yeah, just consuming everything through a single device has limitations. It has conveniences, but also limitations on oh, a lot yeah. of being lost that you're not even aware of, right? That's really what's, what's dangerous about it. You don't know what you're losing. Exactly. Uh, but there is this discovery, right? So, so I want to be a part of that too. Uh, you know, let's let's consume our media in different ways. Let's not do it through an all-in-one device. Exactly. Uh, some of those old technologies have certain advantages, uh, and that's why music was what it was. I don't I don't think that I would have gotten into music the way that I did if I had not had vinyl records. I think there was something unique in the characteristics of vinyl records that created a certain response in me, at least. Perfect. Yeah, as far as vinyl growing up, it was a mystery as to what you were going to get. Nowadays, kids can decide whether or not they even like something before they buy it. Damn, yep. Like, you know, as a teenager, you take your, you save your lunch money up and ride your bike to the record store. And you think you might know one song on, on an album, and you buy the whole record just for that one tune, and then you discover all this other great music <laughs> on it. Or, or you, you know, you blow 16, 20-something dollars on that happened to me both ways when i bought slade i was into uh run run away back in the day and uh oh god i still love that song to me that's the video oh of course of course the The castle yeah i love that but then the rest of the album uh was it me oh my and oh my god Uh, it's very disappointing but i did pay i threw down the 16 bucks for that song and i i still love the song I love it, right. but you know, that, yeah, right. but that's the gamble, and that's the fun. That's the fun of it. You, yeah. you get this great yeah. artwork, and all right, you guys should really plug where to find your stuff and where to find you. This is a good part to do that. I don't know if you're both on Twitter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, 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 okay. iTunes. Search on HB3. Tons of stuff will come up. Uh, on Facebook, you can go to Facebook HB3 Live. Instagram HB3 Live. Uh, that those are the main ones. Website. 
Oh, yeah, hb3.com. How could I forget? <laughs> I just put it back together. It was sort of sitting there for a long time, needing to be updated, and I finally started updating it. So go to the hb3.com reconstructed uh, website. Uh, notifications for new gigs, uh, sound samples, etc. Press. Uh, we'll be adding stuff as we go along. Uh, I'm making videos of our rehearsals and posting those occasionally uh, so you can hear what uh, the band sounds like. We'll probably get some live footage up from one of our gigs soon. But awesome, awesome. Come to the gigs. Yeah, uh, support them. Do, do you guys have t-shirts? We do not. Good idea. Yeah, yeah. I want one. <laughs> we, we got lots of artwork, so we need... Uh, was there ever was there ever a nature t-shirt there was okay i have, I have one i have one. uh so it's i can't get that alien smoking a joint oh it's fantastic oh now i really yeah. want one damn it yeah oh well <laughs> yeah brian actually did that sketch i believe and no it was all roadie dude was it yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. even better even better well, folks, I'm at Fairly Dark on Twitter. I'm not on there all the time. I didn't do Instagram yet. Somebody has to teach me how to do that. Um, Facebook, David J. Fairhead. And find all my books, dude. It's Christmas time for you cheapos. I got a comic book for six ninety five. Um, you can go to www.fairly... Oh, no, no. You want to go to burningballpublishing.com. Um, and you could also go to Barnes & Noble for all my books. Dwelling in the Dark, The Fall of Tomorrow, and now Fiends of the Flesh. I would love the support, folks. Uh, they're they're not very expensive, so. But yeah, you can check out the trailer on uh, YouTube for uh, Demon Eye, uh, which is the cowboy anime anime western with sex demons and cowboys. Um, full color, twenty six pages, and it's only it'll set you back six ninety five. At least check out the trailer; it's really cool. You guys like it too. The band that does the the background music is fantastic. Magnet yeah, School, I love them, love them. But anything else in uh, closing, there, guys. I, I think we're good, man. Thanks for thanks for having us on. Thanks for the support. Thanks for the support for Nature. Always. I, des I think I describe Nature as the ultimate cult band, so cult that nobody even knows it ever existed. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm trying to change. I'm trying to turn that around. Um, yeah, honestly, there's nothing better than talking to people that you admire, and you guys are great. And uh, I honestly never thought I'd be able to talk to you guys, so it's just fantastic. Yeah. So, it's Hugh, thanks right. again. Brendan, thanks for joining in, and uh, hopefully hey, we'll. Thank you, David. Oh, you bet, man. We'll do it again, man. Um, and uh, all right, well, guys, uh, well, good night, I guess, from uh, Kettle Whistle Radio. You guys want to say good night? Good night, everybody. Good night, America. <laughs> this is Carrie Means, the voice of Frylock, and you're listening to Kettle Whistle Radio.
Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that my name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. Touchdown! On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your hosts for the the Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Hour. Electric acid.